0: From Happy Cat Studios in Indianapolis, Indiana, it's the Rick's Rambles Podcast for the week of December 20th, 2021. Merry Christmas, everybody. A little bit of an abbreviated podcast because of Christmas week, but I hope you listen and hope you enjoy. Again, Merry Christmas, one and all. Fun Facts Well, of course, it's Christmas week, so today's fun facts are all about Santa Claus. Santa Claus is one of the most ubiquitous figures in modern culture. A version of him is celebrated all over the world, and there are some pretty notable differences. In the Netherlands, for example, Santa has a sidekick named Grumpus. I love that name, who threatens to kidnap naughty kids, but it usually boils down to the same general premise. If kids have been well-behaved throughout the year, then a magical bearded man will break into their house and bring them presents. So here we go, some fun facts about Santa Claus. Number one. His sleigh is probably the fastest vehicle ever made. Santa doesn't get enough credit for the amount he does in just one night. It's one thing to say he visits every boy and girl and leaves them gifts, but when you start to crunch the numbers, you start to realize what a staggering job it really is. There are about 2.1 billion children in the world, and that's an average of 2.5 kids per household. That means he has to make 842 million stops on Christmas Eve and he has 31 hours to do it thanks to time zone differences. It's been calculated that to get to every house in that time period, his sleigh needs to move at 1,800 miles per second. Compare that to the NASA's Juno spacecraft, which is considered the fastest man-made object, which only reaches speeds of 40 miles per second. Well, Santa has not always worn red. As a matter of fact, that came courtesy of Coca-Cola. Santa's had a wide range of colorful outfits over the years. Green, brown, blue, and even tan. But it's only been since 1931 that he wears primarily a red and white suit. And that's all thanks to the Coca-Cola Company, which used Santa in the early 30s to sell Coke products and, of course, dressed him in their trademark colors. Up next, Santa was a bachelor for many, many years. Santa, or a version of Santa, has been around for centuries He's been part of American culture since the late 1700s, but it wasn't till the mid-19th century before anybody bothered to wonder if Santa would ever give up his bachelor ways and settle down. His spouse was first revealed in an 1849 short story, A Christmas Legend, written by a Philadelphia missionary named James Reese, and Mrs. Claus soon became a regular presence in Christmas stories. It wasn't till 1889, in a poem called Goody Santa on the sleigh ride, that she started to demand more of the holiday spotlight. As a matter of fact, in that story, she says to him, Why should you have all the glory of Christmas? Well, we all know he comes down the chimney, but it wasn't always that way. We owe a debt of gratitude to Washington Irving, the author more widely remembered for giving the world the legend of Sleepy Hollow, for concocting a better way for Santa to deliver presents than breaking through a window, which was his original method. It was in Irving's satirical short story from 1812 called Knickerbocker's History of New York, where Saint Nick is first described as rattling down the chimney to bring presents. Up next, The Night Before Christmas. Well, nobody really knows who wrote that. When a visit from St. Nicholas, or as it later came to be known, twas the Night Before Christmas," was first published in a New York newspaper in 1823, there was no name attached to it. It was sent anonymously to the Troy Sentinel and was published with a preface from the editors that began, "'We know not to whom we are indebted for the following description of that unwearied patriot of children, Santa Claus.' but from whomsoever it may have come, we give thanks for it. In 1844, it was credited to a Bible college professor named Clement Clark Moore, but there are some who insist that it was stolen from its true author, Henry Livingston, Jr., and there was even, allegedly, an old manuscript to prove it. But, of course, that manuscript was mysteriously destroyed in a fire. The mystery really continues to this day. Uh, Number six, all letters addressed to Santa Claus, but they all go to the same post office. Did you know that? Since around 1914, all letters addressed to Santa Claus go to the same place. And no, it's not the North Pole. They end up at a small post office in the town of Santa Claus, Indiana, where every letter with a return address will receive a reply, handwritten by the postmaster or one of his many elf volunteers. Pat Cook has carried on that tradition that began with his father, and many helpers share his enthusiasm. They're writing a letter to us, he says, and they want an answer back from Santa Claus. So the little tiny town of Santa Claus, Indiana, gets all the letters to Santa. Up next, well, Santa probably needs a few more reindeer. For all the children in the world that Santa owes presents to on Christmas, he needs to carry around... 400,000 tons of toys in his sleigh and to haul that kind of load it would take a bit more horsepower or maybe i should say reindeer power than he's rumored to travel with he purportedly only has nine reindeer dasher dancer prancer vixen comet cupid donner and blinson and of course rudolph but statistics say he would need at least (laughs) 360,000 magical reindeer to get a sleigh with that much tennage in the air. Well, there's a heated debate about what Santa's salary should be. Does Santa, the real Santa, not the thousands of mall Santa's impersonators, deserve a salary? The the writers at Insure.com thought so, and they tried to calculate Santa's earning potential using wage data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Their luckiest guess is that Santa should make around $140,000 a year. Well, there you have it. A few facts about Santa Claus. Merry Christmas, everybody. Well, this week's feel good story is all about using modern technology to preserve ancient traditions. And I love this story. And I'm going to warn you, it comes from Italy, and I'm not Italian. And I don't speak Italian, so my pronunciation of some of these words are probably not going to be accurate. But here we go. A filmmaker's project to capture the art of homemade pasta has turned the so-called pasta nanas featured in her videos into a worldwide social media sensation. Since moving to Italy's Lamarche region, Vicki Benison, a former international development worker, has filmed more than 200 nanas, that's grandmothers in Italian, over the past four years, making all sorts of pasta from Nachi in the Italian Alps to Orichetti in Puglia. Her YouTube channel features the Pasta Grannies and has become a runaway hit, ranking up well over 800,000 subscribers. These grannies, she says, are the last generation that had to make pasta every day to feed their families. I wanted to celebrate older women and their experiences. These women are survivors. They include Nana Giuseppina Spignati, who is 93, who shows YouTube viewers how to make spaghetti-like peachy pasta. And in addition to making pasta, the videos are a bit of oral history, often recording unique techniques handed down from family to family. But it's the grannies themselves who have won global appeal. It's not about pasta making, really. It's more like a warm hug from a grandmother. And I got to admit, I am not Italian, I don't cook, and I very, very seldom eat pasta. But I am so taken by this channel. It is so well done, and the stories are just fascinating. I'll put a link in the description down below. If you don't see it, just look up the Pasta Grannies on YouTube, and I guarantee you'll learn something and you'll be entertained. Just a few personal thoughts here. The first week of February, the Rick's Rambles podcast will celebrate one year. It's hard to believe I have been at this for an entire year. Some of you have been with me throughout the entire journey, and I appreciate that so very much. The Rick's Rambles podcast now has its own TikTok channel. Please check us out. It's so much fun. And we have a very active Facebook group where we discuss nostalgia and music, all kinds of fun stuff. Would love to have you be a part of it. Most of you know I've been funding this podcast through a site called Buy Me a Coffee. Well, Buy Me a Coffee is only going to be active throughout the end of the year. If you'd like to buy me a cup of coffee, you can do that at buymeacoffee.com slash rickgarrett, and I would appreciate that. We'll have something else after the first of the year. And perhaps the best way to support the podcast is to share it on your social media. Let folks know what you're listening to. Once again, I appreciate each one of you so very much. And it's time for our special days of the week. Today, Monday the 20th, is Go Caroling Day, and it's National Sangria Day. Tuesday the 21st is National Crossword Puzzle Day, it's Bah Humbug Day, and it's National Hamburger Day. For some reason, there are like three of those a year. Wednesday the 22nd, National Date Nut Bread Day. Thursday the 23rd, oh my goodness, it is Festivus. I can't wait for that. Friday the 24th, of course, is Christmas Eve, and it's National Eggnog Day. Well, Saturday the 25th, Merry Christmas, y'all. And Sunday the 26th is National Candy Cane Day. Why that comes the day after Christmas, I have no idea. And it's National Thank You Note Day. As always, I so appreciate you listening. Please take a minute, share the podcast on your social media. And until next time, be kind to as many people as you can, as often as you can, We'll start right now and we'll make the world a better place.